this series of readings and reflections, highlighting books on yoga and Advaita philosophy, comes from the Self-Revelation Church of Absolute Monism. I am Srimati Karuna, the minister of this church, and today I wish to share with you excerpts from Swami Premananda's translation and spiritual interpretation of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, the revelation of the Supreme Self. In this audio reflection, you will hear an excerpt offered from both the translation of the original text of the Gita, as well as an excerpt from the spiritual interpretation of the Gita. In the words and expression of Swami Premananda. The verses from the original text translated by Swami Premananda will be offered by Matthew Pazarina and Fred Dixon. Arjuna speaks to Krishna with the conflict painfully in his heart and mind. Oh, Krishna, I see my own kinsmen gathered here determined to fight. My limbs foul me, my mouth is parched. I tremble all over and my hair stands on end. The Vogandinva slips from my hand and my skin burns. Oh, Kashava, neither can I stand upright. My mind is in a whirl and I see adverse omens. I am overpowered by the feeling of pity and the fear of unrighteousness. I am confused about my dharma. I supplicate thee. Tell me decisively which is better for me. In thee have I taken my refuge. I am thy disciple. Guide me. Unrivaled in ever-prosperous kingdom on earth, or mastery over the gods, Nothing do I find that could dispel the anguish which overpowers my senses. And the blessed Lord, Krishna, says unto Arjuna, Thou hast been mourning for what one should not mourn, and yet thou speakest words of wisdom. The wise mourn for none, neither for the dead nor for the living. It is not that I never existed before, nor thou, nor these princes. Neither is it that all of us shall cease to exist hereafter. Just as the embodied soul experiences childhood, maturity, and old age in the same body, so also it passeth from one body to another. The enlightened are never deluded thereat. Whenever the senses are identified with sense objects, O son of Kunti, the feelings of heat and cold, pleasure and pain are produced. These come and go. They are temporary in their nature. Bear them patiently, O Bharata. He alone is fit to attain immortality, O best among men who remains serene and undisturbed in pleasure and pain. The unreal hath no existence. The real 
can never cease to be. The seers of truth have realized the ultimate nature of both. Know for certain, indestructible is that by which the whole universe is pervaded. None can cause the destruction of that imperishable one. O oh, Kshava, what are the characteristics of one who has attained perfect wisdom in absolute samadhi? O oh, son of Pritha, when a man is completely free from all desires of the finite self and has attained the peace of the self by realizing the self, he is a man of perfect wisdom. He is a sage who is calm and self-controlled amidst suffering, who does not seek permanent happiness from the objective world, and who is free from attachment, fear, and anger. He is a man of perfect wisdom. When he is not attached to one and indifferent to another, does not rejoice in the desirable alone, and is not vexed by that which is undesirable. He is a man of perfect wisdom. Scripture has both an outward expression as well as an inner spiritual meaning, which is often hidden from our awareness. The discovery of that inner relevance can quench the spiritual thirst of every true seeker, revealing a message of beauty and truth. The Bhagavad Gita is a scripture of yoga. It emphasizes the way as well as the ideal of self-realization. To realize God is to become one with God. This is the path of yoga. In this unique presentation of the Gita, Swami Premananda aspires to bring out the spiritual significance and he endeavors to reveal his interpretation of the entire dialogue between Krishna and Arjuna as a discourse of the mystical path of Kriya Yoga, of self-unfoldment. In his introduction, Swami Premananda explains the subjective meaning of the names and terms of the Gita. For example, Arjuna means not rope destroyed, or one whose rope of bondage is not yet destroyed. An individual self, a spiritual aspirant. Arjuna is the aspiring individual self. Krishna, which is derived from Akarshan, signifies the one unto whom the whole universe is attracted, or the one who draws all of creation unto himself. In other words, the Supreme Self. In Swami Premananda's spiritual text, Krishna 
is designated as the Supreme Self. Dhritarashtra is the one by whom the whole kingdom is upheld, or the one by whom the whole kingdom of the human body and its functions are coordinated. Dhritarashtra represents the awakened mind. Sanjaya represents the complete mastery over the power of inner vision, the power of introspection, and the field of Dharmakshetra Kurukshetra is interpreted by Swami Premananda as the holy field of Kurukshetra. The entire human body is the spiritual kingdom, but the field of the subjective battle between the qualities of the soul, the Pandavas, and the propensity of the ego, the Kauravas, is the spinal column encompassing the region between the Muladhar, the coccygeal center, and Agna, the spiritual eye. That part of the body which lies below the coccygeal center is to be considered as relatively physical and is designated by the term Kurukshetra. The Shahasharam, the sphere of this symbolic thousand-petaled lotus, is known to be purely spiritual and is considered the Dharmakshetra. This is the mystic battleground of the Gita, the holy field of the subjective struggle between the qualities of soul and the propensities of ego. This is the mystical setting of the Bhagavad Gita. Swami Premananda expresses that in their spiritual significance, Krishna, Arjuna, Dhritarashtra, and Sanjaya refer to different aspects of the same reality. Arjuna is the individual self, whereas Krishna is the transcendental aspect of the same self, or the supreme self. Arjuna is the individualized Krishna in the human body. Dhritarashtra is the awakened mind, and Sanjaya represents the introspective inner vision of the individual self. Searching with awakened mind, led by inner vision, the individual self receives guidance from and the revelation of its own transcendental state, that of the Supreme Self. The difference between the Self and the Supreme Self is one of degree and not of quality. Even that is an assumed differentiation. Self, in its highest state of perfection, 
realizes its own transcendental nature as the eternal supreme self. The words from the excerpt of the Spiritual Interpretation of the Gita by Swami Premananda will be offered by Ellie and Katie Bauer. Here Arjuna is mystically interpreted as the individual self in dialogue with Krishna, the Supreme Self. My soul longs for transcendental revelation, but within my consciousness are gathered all my cherished concepts of long past as my divine qualities aspire to overcome my relative impressions and concepts of the phenomenal world. I feel powerless. I am disturbed. Nervousness rocks my whole body. I am full of fear. My moral courage fails me and even my circulation has gone awry. I know full well that within me is hidden the eternal source of strength and power, yet I have lost my physical poise and my serenity of mind is gone. My judgment misleads me and I am negative through and through. My understanding of truth is overpowered by matter consciousness, sense attachment and ignorance. I am in doubt regarding what path, harmonious with the nature of my present state of development, I should follow in order to attain my freedom in Godhood. I resign my finite self to my infinite wisdom. May it bring me illumination and guidance to the realization of eternal conscious bliss. Absolute control over the body, unceasing and ever-increasing enjoyment of earthly pleasures, or even the attainment of the highest state of spiritual realization. I feel that none of these can ever remove this consuming agony of my mind and bring peace to my heart. And Krishna, interpreted as the Supreme Self, responds to Arjuna, the individual self. Dual is thy nature, influenced by self-bound consciousness. Thou art perturbed by the apprehension of its ultimate destruction, whereas, inspired by thy divine nature, thou art manifesting wisdom. Calm understanding, born of self-realization, is never disturbed by the inevitable changes in objective phenomena. Since the beginning of manifestation, the Supreme Self has been existing together with the individual self and its mental phenomena. But this coexistence does not continue eternally. The Supreme Self alone is eternal. The soul unfolds itself in and through various circumstances, both objective and subjective. But their destruction is not the annihilation of the soul. Self-realization reveals this wisdom. As the ascending consciousness of the spiritual aspirant passes through the various centers in the spine, the material phenomena, assuming various forms, attempt to delude. Their effect is temporary. One should pass through them undisturbed, realizing their true nature. One who remains calm under these circumstances and continues meditation with determination and steadfastness, alone attains eternal conscious bliss. Matter consciousness, the consciousness of embodiment, and all other states of consciousness, preceding the state of absolute self-realization, 
are only relatively real, hence non-eternal. Soul alone is eternal. To one who attains self-realization, this truth is revealed. When oneness with the self is attained, the spiritual aspirant realizes the self in all and all in the self. Once this realization is achieved, nothing can ever destroy it. What is the nature of absolute self-realization? Transcending all limitations? How does one of self-realization manifest oneself in speech, action, and life? Eternal existence in absolute bliss is the glory of self-realization. It is the state of pure consciousness, wherein the self is liberated in the cosmic self. In this state of pure consciousness, all thoughts of self-limitation are forever gone. When one of self-realization manifests oneself on earth, suffering and happiness are various waves of absolute bliss. One lives in peace. One's all-embracing love is pure and spiritual. The realization of oneness with all is ever-present in the consciousness. One is ever aware of infinite perfection reflected in and through all beings. One realizes that the whole manifested universe is a part of one's own cosmic self. The same to all is the one of perfect wisdom. Virtue and vice are different degrees of the same goodness. In this one, both saint and sinner find guidance, assurance, comfort, and inspiration. Peace and calmness are not conditioned by circumstances for one of self-realization. Swami Premananda writes in his introduction that the Bhagavad Gita should remain the constant spiritual companion of every Kriyaban, of every spiritual aspirant. The practice of Kriya meditation and the study of the Gita illumine us along the path, along the mystic path of self-unfoldment. Scripture is meant to be studied with insight and contemplation in order to understand its sublime mysticism. In 18 chapters comprising 700 verses, the sage Rishi Veda Vyasa, to whom authorship of the Gita is attributed, gave humanity a scripture of universal philosophy. The philosophy of the Upanishads is the foundation of the teaching of the Gita. But its historical and literary background is, of course, found in the Mahabharata. The nearest literal English wording of the title would be something like the beautiful and perfect God's song. That is, the song of the God of beauty and perfection. Because of the inclusion of the spiritual text, Swami Premananda rendered this title into English as the revelation of the Supreme Self. Krishna, the wise master, 
permits Arjuna to speak his heart. And because Arjuna's mind is filled with preconceived negative notions and self-deluding concepts, he is incapable of realizing truth and higher idealism. It is only after the entire psychological background of Arjuna is completely unveiled that Krishna commences to enlighten Arjuna with wisdom so that he may become fully aware of his own inherent divine powers and that he may guide his own thinking and conduct throughout the struggle of life and throughout self-unfoldment. Krishna's purpose as guru is to aid Arjuna in the unfoldment of divine qualities that he may become self-confident and direct the course of his own life. The mind must be cleared of delusive concepts so that consciousness may reach for the light of soul. Without spiritual illumination, the mind will stumble again and again and again over the complexities of life in the darkness of subjective confusion and uncertainty. We understand the setting of the Gita as the subjective battle constantly waged within our heart between the delusive propensities of the ego and the illumining qualities of the soul. The mystic interpretation of the Gita suggests that yoga is the way to truth, self-liberation, and self-perfection. The message of the Gita is universal in its appeal because it appeals for our own spiritual enlightenment. Allow me to conclude with the final words of Swami Premananda's own introduction to his translation and spiritual interpretation of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita. He wrote, May the spiritual text of the Bhagavad Gita be the light from heaven to illumine and guide humanity through the entire day of its existence. It was a Sunday in July. The sun was in mid-heaven when the spiritual text of the last verse of the Gita was revealed to me. As I put down the pen, with the illumination still in my consciousness, once again there came back the memory of those prescient words, a great service will be fulfilled through you. Salutation unto thee, O thou supreme Guru. This 
and all other publications of the Self-Revelation Church of Absolute Monism are available through our website. I encourage your interest and pursuit of study, reading, and reflection.